essentially the same unappreciative crowd full of scumbags from last night. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. My name is Sean, coming to you from London, Ontario. Today, we'll look at NXT TakeOver Phoenix, tomorrow's Royal Rumble, and tomorrow's Smash Wrestling any given Sunday. We'll do some news and the independent wrestling calendar for Ontario. Be sure to share this with your friends. And have them subscribe to us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. And also check us out on our Facebook page, Twitter, and Instagram. We'll be right back after these very short messages. Want to be a wrestler? The time is now to join the Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory. The first class is going to graduate in October, and it's going to leave a lot of open space. Learn from one of Canada's best wrestlers and trainers around. Tyson has been wrestling since 1997 and has wrestled for Blood, Sweat, and Years, Border City Wrestling, Ring of Honor, Impact Wrestling, WWE, was part of the first Cruiserweight Classic, and one of the longest reigning champions for Smash Wrestling. Tyson just recently spent a week in Florida as a guest trainer at the WWE Performance Center. The Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory is located at 309 Exeter Road in London, Ontario and is open every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday evening from 6 p.m. to 8.30. Find out why Tyson is one of the pillars of Smash Wrestling. The Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory teaching the new generation of hopefuls into superstars. Coming April 26th to the 28th at the Ramada Inn, London, Ontario, it's Shockstock. Shockstock is London, Ontario's premier annual horror and subculture con- convention. Each year we bring, for a few short days, the real deal in sleaze, horror, and exploitation with celebrities, events, and vendors who know what the fans want. No insane lineups, no curfews, no problem. Enjoy jam-packed vendor rooms, a full weekend-long film festival with awards and fully stocked bar and lounge with nighttime events on-site and more. Submit your film via Film Freeway at filmfreeway.com shockstock. Presented by London's own Sultans of Slime, Vagrancy Films, The Grim Brothers Entertainment, in association with Fangora, Raven Banner, and of course, Bob's Ultimate Meats. 
Hello and welcome back to the show. This is your Smash Wrestling Report for this week. Now, I'm going to go through tomorrow's card for any given Sunday, and that's going to be happening tomorrow at the Phoenix. However, if you tune in tomorrow during the uh, afternoon on our Facebook page, I'm sure Daniel and I are going to do a review and predictions with each other bantering of the show before it happens because we're going to be attending live. But tomorrow, January 27th at 2 p.m. in the Phoenix Concert Theater in Toronto, Ontario, is one of the most anticipated dates on the Smash Wrestling calendar. It's any given Sunday 7. It'll be an afternoon of new faces, hot returns, technical showcases, and a violent war. Everybody over at Smash Wrestling was able to recover and rebook things uh, quickly after the incident of the car accident three weeks ago with the Buffalo Brothers. And so there's been a shakeup to the card as from the original schedule. However, they did put together a really great show that we're going to see. One of the Buffalo Brothers will be appearing, and Puff will still go against John Greed. The last time they were in Toronto, John Greed had been defeated in their four-way match. Puff was all dressed as Santa Claus and wanting to dance at the end of the sh- uh, match. And people were chanting for Greed to dance with Puff. But Greed didn't want to do that. And so he attacked Puff and that set up for this match. The other day, Greed had put a uh, video out apologizing for his actions against Puff. However, I don't know how sincere that was for starters. But regardless of people see that or not, if they only see what happened the last time they were in Toronto... Mm -hmm in the same ring together and with what's happened recently with Puff and the rest of the Buffalo Brothers Greed doesn't really stand much of a chance in this match and Puff has something to prove that nothing's going to stop him the fans are going to be giving him huge support and I see Puff pulling out the victory on this one the best of five series is going to be put on hold between Sebastian Suave and Daniel Garcia However, if you've also seen videos of Daniel Garcia, he was recently at Empire State uh, Wrestling event last weekend, and he, even in his walker, was able to confront the new champion over there. So this kid is not going to be stopping anytime soon, and it's only a matter of time before he gets back in the ring and returns to finish off the Best of Five series with Sebastian Suave. Suave is currently leading two falls to one, but in Garcia's place is Jay Freddy. Uh, not really familiar with Jay Freddy. I've heard he's uh, somewhat of a top star in the Buffalo area, and that's how he's gotten involved with this. Um, Sebastian Suave and Kingdom didn't really know much about him, and they had a video of them trying to figure out who Jay Freddy is. This might be the opportunity for somebody who doesn't really have a reputation in Smash to sneak in there and honor Daniel Garcia and get a uh, surprise victory over Sebastian Suave. So I'm going to pick Jay Freddy over Suave unless Kingdom gets involved. And then, yeah, Suave is going to take it, but my pick is going to be Jay Freddy. However, 
just thinking about it uh, as I pause between getting back to into the uh, conversation about the card, I got thinking. Depends on if uh, Daniel Garcia is willing to travel with Puff uh, to come to Toronto on Saturday. Maybe he does the same thing they did in Empire State, and that's motivation for Sebastian to get the victory, and then verbal confrontation between Suave and Garcia to make sure we still remember that that best of five series will exist when Garcia is able to return. It's definitely not a case of if Garcia will return. It's only a matter of when he will. Then there's going to be a three-way Lucha showcase with Facade being added to the mix to go against Ray Horse and Matt Cross. I'm only familiar with Matt Cross of these three, and I do think either way, with it being billed as a Lucha showcase, that it's going to be quite the match in itself. And I don't know. The former Smash Wrestling champion is very impressive, but it might be time for somebody else to get a victory. And for whatever reason, Facade was added to the card. And he's going to be involved in a couple more Smash events over the next month or two, especially in the month of March. So I'm going to pick Facade to end up picking up the victory in this one. The Smash Wrestling Tag Team titles are on the line as the current champions, the Pillars, Brent Banks, and Tyson Dukes face off against Kevin Bennett and experienced members Halal Beefcake in Joel Coleman and Idris Abraham. The Pillars and the new Kevin Bennett experience have been going at each other since the Rec Room Rumble, and this past event in Kitchener, we saw them take on each other in singles matches with the Pillars getting individual wins with Brent Banks being Joe Coleman and Tyson Dukes being Idris Ibrahim. But now that they're back together as two teams in one match, uh, it's going to be questionable. Regardless, the winner of this match is going to be defending their titles against unknown opponents next Saturday here in London during Brace for Impact on the Twitch special. I think it's still not time for the Pillars to be dropping any titles. The Pillars are still very dominant, and they will retain the titles against Halal Beefcake. It's not a knock at all on the talented team of Halal Beefcake, because Smash Wrestling also has some other great tag teams involved in their organization, one of which is the Super Smash Brothers, who aren't even on the card. But who is on the card is a triple threat tag team match featuring Killscreen, uh, Shane Saber and Mark Wheeler, taking on Fight or Flight and Well Machines in a triple threat match. Now, the last time we saw Fight or Flight here in London, it was an awesome triple threat match involving Halal Beefcake and the Pillars. This time it's going to be Wheeler and Saber and the Well Machines. I don't think the action is going to be any different from those two six-man tag team matches, and we're going to be treated to a mind-blowing in-ring, out-of-ring brawl all over the place, high-flying uh, match. As for the outcome of this match, 
I'm actually going to go with Kill Screen getting the victory. But the most intriguing part of it's going to be what happens with Psycho Mike and Pepper Parks. Psycho Mike has been having his conscience trying to encourage him to turn on Pepper Parks, to try and turn heel and be a different Psycho Mike. Will Mike listen to his conscience on this one, or will he be ignored and we still have the, as voted by our listeners and people on Facebook, the tag team of the year still together in well-oiled machines? Because Kevin Bennett's doctors have not cleared him to wrestle this Sunday, Carter Mason has stepped up again for Smash Wrestling in short notice and will be rewarded with a title match against Tarek for the Smash Wrestling Championship. Last month, Carter Mason stepped up to the plate to replace Kevin Blackwood in a keyboards match against Scotty O'Shea. Now, as he's doing it again, he's getting that title shot against Tarek. Tarek has had an amazing 2018, and I don't think that's going to stop in 2019 just yet. Carter Mason is going to put on an amazing match with Tarek, and that could be the match of the night. But, once again, Tarek is going to retain his Smash Wrestling Championship and come here to London on February 2nd to defend it against a 9 opponent at Brace for Impact. And the main event, which also needed to be changed due to the unfortunate circumstances of the Buffalo Brothers car accident, is still going to be barbed wire hell. It appears that at least two sides of the ring are going to be wrapped in barbed wire. I've seen a picture of a huge roll of wire that is going to be used for this match. Some of the weapons might also be wrapped in barbed wire, like a baseball bat or something. Who knows, but it's going to be barbed wire hell, with Scotty O'Shea now facing the very dangerous Jimmy Havoc. And he too got held up by Customs recently and had to unfortunately miss a smash show. This is his chance to get back there and show what he has to offer to Smash. And we already know what he has to offer. He is really crazy. This match is going to be insane between these two guys. I guess Alan Taylor has even made mention that they need to make sure that they bring floor cleaner to clean up the blood that's going to be spilt during this match. I'm not sure which way it's going to go. And... I don't know. Scotty O'Shea is crazy. He has his guys that are with kill screen. They might get involved and help him out. Uh, it could go either way. I'm going to go with Jimmy Havoc winning this match, but definitely not without any interference from the members of kill screen. So those are my predictions for any given Sunday 7 happening tomorrow at the Phoenix Concert Theater in Toronto, Ontario. It's an early start with the doors opening at 2 p.m. and first bell at 3 p.m. That way everybody can still join the talent from Smash Wrestling to watch the Royal Rumble. As it's another road trip for myself, I mentioned that Daniel and I will probably do a cut-in on our Facebook page. So beware for that, and be sure to comment and give us your predictions or views of what's going to happen. 
you hear the rumble in here? The rumble is the sound of progression and fundamentals are being made at the Wrestling Factory. This is Tyson Dukes and you're listening to the Scumbags of Wrestling Podcast, y'all. Do you like things a little hot and spicy? Well, come to the first annual Heat Wave Hot Sauce Expo, March 2nd, 2019, at Centennial Hall. Heat Wave Hot Sauce Expo is southwestern Ontario's home of heat. Enjoy your sauce and spicy food from over 40 international producers. All vendors are providing free samples of their sauces on nachos or pretzels, or you can Buy some meaty chicken wings at the show and spice them up however you'd like with hundreds of choices available from our vendors. Fans attending get a totally unique experience with an 80s theme motif and atmosphere on the show floor. The event will be licensed with craft beers and spirits available for consumption to pair with your perfect sauce. As well, live podcasts, demonstrations, and competitions for those who wish to test their limits will take place on the heatwave stage. For fans of spice, or those just seeking an afternoon of heat, Heatwave is your place to go. Heatwave takes place Saturday, March 2nd at Centennial Hall in London, Ontario, Canada. Tickets available right now. And we're back with the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast, and I'm at the Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory. Just heard from uh, Colt Bowman. And right now I'm with Joshua Pine. How are you doing today, Josh? Doing great. How are you? Doing well. It's a uh, good winter evening. You know, not so not so bad. I haven't been here for a little bit. I was in the summer, so I, when you first started out, and so now I'm checking in now that you've made it to the actual ring and was on Smash recently. So, what is your earliest memory of wrestling that got you hooked? Uh, back at Money in the Bank 2011, so I'm a bit recent, all things considered, but it was the night CM Punk won the WWE title and Daniel Bryan won the Money in the Bank contract, and I saw it from my brother, originally showed it to me. I've just been hooked ever since. I don't think I've missed a WWE show. Definitely a good combination with uh, liking Punk and uh, Daniel Bryan. So were they your inspiration for getting in the business? What was the moment that you said, hey, that's awesome, I can do this? Um... I think might have been the first time I've ever saw an indie when I realized it's not just this huge grand spectacle. Everybody has to start somewhere, and if they can start at a small place, then maybe I can too. So who possibly was your inspiration in that uh, regards to say, yeah, you, I can do this? Um, that's a tough question. Maybe someone like Zack Sabre Jr. He's a bit more my size, a bit lanky, a bit skinny. But also the fact that I'm so used to seeing these big guys, so seeing someone smaller like him still, still being able to get the job done, it's motivated me more to get in there. Awesome. So what brought you to the Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory? Um, just the fact that I've wanted to do it for years and years now, and the fact that there's finally a school so close to me. I originally planned on going to Lance Storms Academy, a bit down in Canada, but this one's so much closer and it's a bit cheaper, all things considered. And I realized, yeah, I may as well just give it a shot while I can. Yeah, it's great that we have something local like Tyson here. And even as uh, Colton and I discussed, there's Anthony Corelli, Santino Morella up the way in Mississauga. And you were thinking about Lance Storm. So Canada's definitely rich with trainers. Yeah, I love to see it. The fact that this country, which honestly hasn't been known for its wrestling scene a bit, well, it has the stampede wrestling and all that stuff. But I like to see that we're making a comeback, I like to think, in the indie scene and in the global scene too. Okay, so... 
How would you describe your training here with uh, Tyson? Um, it's built on a lot of reps, and as we know, he's a bit of a technician, a bit of a grappler kind of guy, so he's definitely teaching that to us, but also making sure that we can learn the new stuff. We have a couple guys here who like to go off the ropes, a couple guys who like to be big and powerful, so he's making sure that everybody learns what's best suited for them, I like to say. Yeah, it seems like a really good mix. You got, uh, as you said, all different sizes of people here, so it's really cool that way. What's been a highlight for you so far? You just had your debut at uh, Smash just a couple weeks ago. It'd have to be that for sure. Having a six-man match with these people that I've been wrestling with for months now, getting to finally go out there in front of the crowd, it was a highlight so far for sure. Awesome. So one of the other questions that I've asked all the guys is the fact that intergender matches are getting very popular in the indie scene. Not so popular in WWE because they're doing just the mixed match challenge and probably because of corporate rules and stuff like that but what was your thought when Tyson said you'll be actually wrestling the women and I just saw you practicing with Shiloh a moment ago. Yeah. Uh, like you said I just practiced with Shiloh and I love it frankly the fact that I feel like it might be me getting a bit political but I don't think gender should matter so much in the wrestling world it should just be more about the entertainment and if you can put on a good match with someone doesn't matter if they're a man or a woman you should just be able to go out there and have a good match. Yeah for sure and right now that seems to be the key as long as everybody's on board like maybe you're going to accidentally stiff somebody but it doesn't matter if they're male or female yeah. at that rate because accidents happen yeah. um, so where can people find you? Um, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at it's Joshua Pine and I think those are probably the best ways the most active places to find me and if you send me a follow I'm sure to follow you back excellent well thank you for your time it was short we're going to uh, check in with you in a year or six months nine months and see how things have progressed you've got your first match under your belt and that's awesome so thank you for your time thank you for having me smash wrestling is not going to give the dust much time to settle after any given sunday seven as they come back here to london on saturday february 2nd to the london music hall as smash wrestling and impact wrestling join forces to present brace for impact it'll be a special shown live on twitch starting at 7 p.m. Both Smash Wrestling Championships will be on the line, but we won't find out who will be defending the titles and who they'll be defended against until after any given Sunday. However, what we do know is going to happen on that card, we'll see Cody Deaner face Mike Rollins. What will Mike's attitude be like after any given Sunday? Will he still be in conflict with his conscience, or will he have a heel persona? Who knows what we're going to see. We'll also find out what happens when the Rascals take on the OVE. Can Demon Bunny be on the same page as they face the team of Balespin and what has been announced as Xander Bale's final match? The main event will see Johnny Impact face Sammy Callahan. One can only presume that this will be for the Impact Wrestling Championship. If you're in attendance at Brace for Impact on February 2nd here in London, Ontario, be sure to stop by the merch tables and see Cody Deaner. On that night, if you purchase one of his Giver for Charity photos, he'll be donating 100% of all sales to the Buffalo Brothers to help with their expensive recovery bills from their accident three weeks ago. As Canadians, we truly have no idea how much medical bills can add up over time. It can cause a lot of needless stress that can hinder the mental healing from such a horrific accident. Along with Deaner's charity, you can also give to the Buffalo Brothers 
through one of the two GoFundMe pages or any of the three t-shirt sales all over the internet. Or you can even buy tickets for me for our raffle of an autographed Scumbags podcast t-shirt signed by the ladies of the Canusa Classic. Tickets are just 3 for $5 or 10 for 10 I'll be doing the draw April 6th. I accept e-transfers or you can buy them directly from me in person at a local Smash Wrestling show. So let's do our part and help out the Buffalo Brothers as they face the road of recovery. They've done a lot to entertain us over the years and we could only do this small amount to help them with their lives getting back into order and returning to what they love best and that's entertaining us in the squared circle. Looking ahead to the Smash Wrestling calendar for the month of March, we'll see March 9th, The Spirit Within, at the Taste of the Tannery in Kitchener, Ontario. March 23rd, Smash Wrestling and Barry Wrestling team up to present Mariposa Mayhem in Aurelia, Ontario. Matches for both these events will be announced in the coming weeks. March 24th, Smash Wrestling returns to the Phoenix Concert Theatre in Toronto for Tell All Your Friends. Already announced is Brian Cage versus Speedball Mike Bailey, and a rematch from the Canusa Classic, Lufisto versus Jordan Grace. Also scheduled to appear are TDT, Veda Scott, Matt Cross, Facade, and Jason Kincaid. March 31st, Smash Wrestling returns to the London Music Hall here in London, Ontario for Louder Now. Already announced for this card is Speedball Mike Bailey versus... Kevin Bennett. You'll also see TDT, Jody Threat, Jason Kincaid, and Facade. More details on these upcoming cards and how to purchase tickets can all be found on their Facebook page or by going to their website at smash-wrestling.com. This has been your Smash Wrestling calendar for this week. Yo, this is Tarek. Listen to Scumbags of Wrestling. Punch, kick, chop, done. And now, for a look back at some of the other action that happened around Ontario this past week. Last Sunday, at the Battle Arts Academy in Mississauga, Destiny Wrestling presented Carnage. The following are the results from that card. Casey Spinelli defeated Shotzi Blackheart. In a six-way ladder match, Channing Decker defeated ACH, Ethan Page, Kobe Durst, Randy Rain, and Ryan Wright. Michael Elgin defeated Shane Strickland. Tyler Bate defeated Aiden Prince. Santino Morella was the mystery tag team partner for Stone Rockwell as they went on to defeat the Desi Hit Squad. And the Destiny World Wrestling title match saw Josh Alexander defeat Pete Dunne to end his 518-day reign as the champion. It appeared that this was also the last date that Pete Dunne would be working any independent dates outside of World Wrestling Entertainment, as he is going to be a mainstay on the UK brand for the near future, and with the new rules that WD has put into place with their talent working outside dates. Last night, Carlito won the PWA title in Guelph from Joey Allen, and will defend it tonight as PWA goes to Kitchener at 7 p.m. at the Alpine Club and he faces Jeff Black. Also on that card, 
Lenny Lilac versus Ethan Habanero. Easy E versus Joey Allen, which was for the title but is now not. And the last man standing match, Joss Alexander versus El Reverso. Bordertown Wrestling presents Lethal Lottery at 5 p.m. in Fort Erie at the Native Friendship Center. And Jim Strider is going for the title against Congo Kong. Plus, there's going to be their Lethal Lottery event. And also tonight in Barry for Barry Wrestling is going the distance. Sebastian Suave and Brent Banks defend their tag titles. Tarek defends the three pistols title. There'll be an eight-man gauntlet match. An open challenge from Jody Threat and Tyson Dukes will defend the heavyweight championship against John Atlas. That's all tonight. So there's many options, depending on where you live, to catch some live wrestling action on Saturday January 26th. Then tomorrow is any given Sunday from Smash Wrestling. Next week, on January 31st, from the Warehouse Event... Then, on January 31st, from the Warehouse Event Venue in Toronto, Manga Boys Entertainment presents Rena Rumble in honor of Dustin Kazman. That card will feature... Ricky the Dragon Steam, Bushwalker Luke, Swoggle, and many more. Plus, there'll be a match featuring Josh Alexander challenging Nick Aldis for the NWA Heavyweight Championship. February 2nd is Brace for Impact with Smash Wrestling and Impact here in London at the Music Hall and will be broadcast live on Twitch. Then, February 3rd, Alpha One Wrestling presents Super Slam Sunday at the Knights of Columbus in Hamilton, Ontario, at 5 p.m. They'll feature the Del Bruno Open Challenge, hardcore match with MJF taking on Ethan Page, plus Kobe Durst, Sammy Callahan, Swoggle, Johnny Impact, Holden Albright, and Josh Alexander. That's Alpha One Wrestling in Hamilton, February 3rd. And that's what's going around in Ontario. Hello, do you or someone you know have a business that you'd love to have advertised here on our podcast? Well, give me a shout at our email address, scumbagswrestling at gmail.com, and let us know how we can help you advertise to the listeners of this podcast. We'll give your business a shout out, including information on how people can reach out to you and information on your services. The Signature Spot with Chris Toplack is a weekly podcast available every Thursday that covers the world of professional wrestling. It's an easy-to-digest show that ranges from 30 to 40 minutes in length and focuses on show recaps, highlights from the week, industry news and rumors, full event previews along with predictions, topics of the week, and featured guests such as journalists and fellow podcasters. It's a professional yet personable show that's all about connecting with you. To subscribe, head over to youtube.com forward slash the signature spot or listen on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts are available. And to be a part of the conversation, like the signature spot on Facebook. And now for your wrestling news segment. All Elite Wrestling have announced that they've added Jungle Boy to their roster. Jungle Boy is the son of 90210 star Luke Perry. They've also announced that on February 7th, 
from the MGM Grand Hotel, they will have a party to announce the ticket sales of Double or Nothing. It'll stream live at 9 p.m. on February 7th. New Japan Wrestling's cards for the U.S. have only one Japanese talent on them, as this is due to the American government shutdown, and Japanese talent were unable to get visas to work those shows. Maybe with the government going back to work, as of next week, things will change, and some Japanese talent will be added to those U.S. shows. Anjay Dutt and Abyss have left Impact Wrestling to work for the WWE. This is huge news, considering Abyss has never worked for WWE before, and he was the only guy to have never done that, really, in all the time that Impact was in existence. He was just recently inducted into their own Hall of Fame, but word is that they're not being hired as actual in-ring talent, that both Dutt and Abyss will be there as producers on the main roster. They possibly might go down to NXT to learn the WWE culture before working fully on the Raw and SmackDown creative teams, but they were instrumental in some of the turnaround that Impact has seen in recent months. Taking their place for creative in Impact Wrestling is going to be Tommy Dreamer and Conan, who have over 50 years of experience in the wrestling business. The XFL are in talks with ESPN slash ABC and Fox FS1 to have their games appear on the network when the league starts next year in 2020. The official announcement for these deals could be as early as next week. The XFL seem to be doing it a lot better this time around than they did in early 2000-2001 when everything just rolled out without any real groundwork being done. TSN announced that on March 27th at 7.30, as part of their Engraved on a Nation, will be the Kenny Omega documentary. It will be available on TSN On Demand and Crave after it's premiered. WD has added 34 episodes of Superstars dating from April 1992 to December 92. Quite the chunk of time in history considering everything that happened with the departures of various people like Hulk Hogan and Roddy Piper and the rise of people like Bret Hart as Ric Flair was getting ready to go down and leave for WCW again and Bret became the champion and everything in between that happened in 1992, including SummerSlam in Wembley Stadium. So now, at least for 34 episodes, any day can be Saturday morning. We'll hope that more episodes of Superstars get added. It's just interesting that they chose that particular date to start with presenting. Chase Field introduced a burger that they'll be selling during the Royal Rumble. It has a bratwurst patty, an onion bun, bacon, cheese, deep-fried mac and cheese bites, and you name it. It's a massive tower of a burger. Daniel Bryan spoke out about this beast of a food. He said, Chase Field should be ashamed of themselves. Made from factory-farmed pigs, an intelligent and extremely social animal, and cheese from cows whose babies were ripped away from them. And then the heart disease delivered to the people to eat it. It's definitely an over-the-top uh, description from Dana O'Brien, but it totally fits with his persona that he's 
the champion of the planet instead of the people's champion. So that's going to be available during the Royal Rumble. I can only imagine people trying to buy it and get to their seats and enjoy the show while eating it. It's crazy. I may or may not try it if I was there, but wow, I'd love to see somebody doing it. Daniel Bryan also recently made an appearance on ESPN and stated they still go through testing after each match. The tests include a math question, eye test, and balance test. WD have been sure to limit his in-ring activity compared to his schedule before his initial retirement. He's on page to wrestle about 120-ish times in the one year since his return, as compared to over 230 times that he was doing yearly when he was actively wrestling before the retirement. Tonight, after NXT TakeOver, there will be a new episode of Chronicle featuring Paige in her return to WWE up until her accident, which took her out of the WWE ring. Rock and WWE posted photos from the set of Hobbs and Shaw, a spin-off movie from the Fast and Furious franchise starring Dwayne Johnson and Jason Statham. It featured Roman Reigns, who has been announced as being in the movie as The Rock's brother. Roman looked really healthy in the photos. Can only hope that this is a sign that his treatments are working. Probably the biggest news story of the week involved Ronda Rousey, as Dave Meltzer had reported that she was going to be leaving WWE after WrestleMania. Of course, that kind of got misconstrued that she was totally leaving WWE, and it sounds like she's more like taking a break from WWE, maybe after WrestleMania, which is possible, but it's not a guarantee. That was uh, something that was thought of months ago, and Ric Flair even said that she was going to do it. But, you know, a lot of things can change over time. Nobody expected Ronda Rousey to be even in the WWE ring as much as she has. Sure, she's been protected on TV with doing mainly singles matches for pay-per-views and tag team matches when she's on Raw. But, you know, she's still there every day. She did make comment on a video of hers that is taking a toll on her family and she wants to be able to start a family with her husband. But there's no guarantee when that is actually going to happen unless they're doing it medically to impregnate her. Until then, anything could happen. Accidents happen. You can't really time it. Look at Karma. She had this big push, and it turned into, oh, she got pregnant and had to leave. And the same thing happened with Maria Canellis. You can't time these things for sure. Yes, it'd be great for Rhonda to be able to have a family, but it's not happening at the moment. WD has said that her contract doesn't actually end until April 2021. Rhonda was asked about the rumors, and she stated the following. I've not kept it a secret that I would definitely want to start a family, but how do you go about doing that? I love this way more than I thought that I would. So do you just keep on going until you just happen to get pregnant? Or should you stop and try and get pregnant? Or is going and trying to get pregnant, putting yourself on the spot, and then you're less likely to get pregnant. I've never had a baby before. I don't know these kind of things. It would be kind of cool to just keep acting, and then one day, hey, surprise, twist, I'm pregnant. 
That would be fun. There's a lot of things up in the air. A lot of decisions that we got to make as a family. I'm trying to figure it out as we go along. I also saw a quote somewhere where she also was basically, it's my vagina, it's my issues, keep out of it. You know, people making too big of a deal of things. And yes, it would be great for everybody to be able to have family. And that logically means you have to step away. But for careless speculation of, oh, this is going to happen or listening to what Ric Flair has to say. He's not the authority of what Ronda Rose is going to do. Does, will she step away? Possibly. But her contract doesn't end until October, or sorry, April of 2021. So there's still a lot of time before that, and anything can happen. In just a moment, I'm going to get to my predictions for tonight's NXT TakeOver Phoenix. However, before that, NXT is going to be doing some taping of two matches before the show goes live. It'll feature the Street Profits taking on the Forgotten Sons, and Carrie Zane and Io Shirai taking on Justin Duke and Maria Shafir. Plus, all this weekend, WD has been doing an access event where they've been recording three episodes of NXT UK, plus doing the World's Collide tournament. This tournament consists of five members from NXT, NXT UK, and 205 Live. And it starts as a battle royal and goes on to be a tournament to determine a winner to get a title shot of their choice. It's being recorded and shown on next Saturday with the first round with the battle royal happening on the network or even on their YouTube channel at 12 noon. And then a special of the tournament at 8 p.m. Taking part in this 15-man event is Adam Cole, Velveteen Dream, Dominic Dojovic, Keith Lee, Shane Thorne, Mark Andrews, Tyler Bate, Travis Banks, Jordan Devlin, Zach Gibson, Cedric Alexander, Tony Nice, Drew Gulak, TJP, and Humberto Carrillo. I like this idea and gives the fans something to enjoy during Access. There's a lot of potentially great matchups that could come out of this. My final four would be Velveteen Dream, Adam Cole, Tyler Bate, and Drew Gulak. So we'll just have to see how this all plays out. And it'll be on the WD Network next Saturday. So up next are my predictions for NXT TakeOver Tyson Dukes is currently one half of the Smash Wrestling Tag Team Champions and one of the pillars of wrestling in Ontario. He's had a very impressive career over the past two decades, and it's only natural that aspiring wrestlers would want to learn from a veteran of his caliber. Since October of 2017, Tyson opened up the Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory here in London, Ontario. Students learned all aspects of wrestling. The first graduates like Jim Strider, Violet Lee, and Jordan James are making their names for themselves on the indie scene. Whether you're a student or a supporter, you can now be a part of the club and purchase your own beautiful zip-up hoodie. They're just $40 up to extra large and $45 for larger sizes. Contact Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory directly on Facebook to order yours today.
Are you looking for your own Scumbags Wrestling t-shirt so you can show off your Scumbags pride at your next local independent wrestling event? Well, I got the answer for you. You can go check out my friend Daryl over at Twisted Tees. He produces high-quality t-shirts with the most amazing up-to-date technology for printing shirts. And for just $25, you can get your own shirt. Whether it's a parody logo of Superstars of Wrestling, Raw's War, the Survivor Series, a design inspired by Brock Lesnar's Suplex City, or the All In event, you can go check out Daryl and get your own shirt. You can be found at twistedteesmerch.com. Show your pride today, order a t shirt, and stand out above the crowd. Welcome back to the show. Right now, it's time for your predictions. As WWE is presenting NXT TakeOver Phoenix and the Royal Rumble all this weekend. We'll start off with tonight as NXT TakeOver Phoenix happens on the WWE Network at 7pm. make sure everybody saw NXT TV last week because that was some must-see TV. I know personally I had to run it back like six or seven times. It was almost like something out of Baywatch. You see Matt Riddle cascading his way down the NXT entranceway and there's Lemon Line flip-flops to make the save on his unlimited BFF. You see Matt Riddle was mad because I caught Keith Lee slipping. Matt Riddle was real mad. And all that everybody wants to talk to me is that TakeOver Los Angeles gashes you lost in six seconds. Man, well, come take over Phoenix. Matt Riddle is going to wish this match was six seconds because I'm going to beat him. I'm not just going to beat him. I'm going to beat him up. And I'm not just going to beat him up. I'm going to hurt him. And when that bell rings, you know what they're going to say in the crowd? He's going to look to his buddy and he's going to say, oh, no, Cassius KO'd the... No, the bum. Cash has KO'd the bum. <sighs> so the first match I'm going to get to, obviously, is the Cash Ono versus Matt Riddle rematch from NXT War Games. This time, as Cash said, it won't be just six seconds, but I think at the same time, since he is sort of the gatekeeper of progression for NXT, if you can get through Cash's, then you can go further up the ladder. That's now different tonight, as Matt Riddle will end up winning 
his match against Cassius Ono, but he also might get a little bit of respect out of Ono at the end of the night. Next is the Undisputed Era of Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong defending the NXT Tag Team titles against the War Raiders. Unless somehow the Undisputed Era are going to leapfrog all the other NXT call-ups that they've been advertising for the last couple of weeks, I don't see the Undisputed Era going anywhere. They're still a major influence on NXT, and I can see them retaining their titles at least until WrestleMania weekend. So I'm going to go with the Undisputed Era retaining over the War Raiders. Plus, if they do it in a way where they get disqualified or counted out, that gives War Raiders more momentum and the fans backing them to get those belts off of the Undisputed Era the next time they meet up. Any reactions to what just happened out there? Oh, 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 I have a reaction. You want to know my reaction? You want to see my reaction? Watch NXT take over Phoenix, and I will show you my reaction. I will show you what happens when someone steps to me. Shayna Baszler will be defending her NXT women's title against Bianca Belair. Shayna Baszler will defend the NXT women's title against Bianca Belair. Baszler is liable to have her other horsewomen with her, as Jessamyn Duke and Mira Shafir have been present during their confrontations. Bianca Belair is undefeated in NXT, and this is her time to step up and shine in her first NXT TakeOver event. Does that mean she's going to take the title? If she does, it'll be a very surprising move, but well-deserved at the same time. This could be her chance to do so, and I might go with the upset of having Bianca win the NXT Women's title. Last week, that the only thing missing from your 2018 was a championship title. Well, General Manager William Regal has made it official tonight that you'll be taking on Ricochet at TakeOver Phoenix for the North American title. Wins and championships. Wins and championships. Some would say I have a bit of an obsessive personality. And right now... In 2019, I'm obsessed with wins and championships. Because if you don't have a win, and if you don't have a championship, you're considered a failure. I am not a failure. I'm a winner. And at TakeOver Phoenix, I will be a champion. As he said... Johnny Gargano is obsessed with wins and championships, and he has a chance to do it at TakeOver as he challenges Ricochet for the NXT North American Championship. Over the last while, all he's been doing is wanting a championship. A lot of this rivalry with his former best friend, Tommaso Ciampa, has been about trying to get that NXT championship, and Ciampa has gotten in the way each and every time. Now he has a chance to get the North American title, but I don't think that's going to happen tonight. Ricochet will retain against Johnny Gargano, sending him further over the edge, which could also mean we see him in the main event. There's a little quote. The title doesn't make the man. The man makes the title, and Aleister Black, 
I let you know back in July. In your case, I feel like the title does indeed make Alistair Black. But ever since... Says Tommaso Ciampa wrapped his arms around Goldie. It's the man who makes the title. And NXT is now the A show because I just happen to be the greatest sports entertainer of all time. Why can't anybody dethrone Ciampa? Because I want it more than everybody. Take Look at the person who took that title. Let that breathe. I was down in an abyss, and I had to climb out of that abyss. It made me very, very angry. Or there's a lot of good men out there that get lost in the frenzy of their rage. I projected in a single stream of focus and concentration, and eventually apply it to my enemies. And that main event is Tommaso Ciampa defending the NXT Championship against former champion Aleister Black. Black has been desperate to get back the title that he rightfully should have never lost. He only lost it due to Johnny Gargano's obsession with the title getting in the way and Ciampa scoring the victory. Aleister Black even lost out on his rematch in the three-way involving Gargano and Ciampa due to Gargano taking him out in the parking lot, creating the big mystery of the summer of 2018. Now that Aleister Black is back, he's on the mission to get that title back. He's already gone through Johnny Gargano in a steel cage match and is now set to challenge and take back the title from Ciampa. As I just said in the other preview for the Gargano-Ricochet match, I'll see Gargano taking the title and his frustration and obsession over wins and championships is going to cause more of a ripple effect into this match where then I can see him interfering in the match, allowing Ciampa to defeat Aleister Black. They'll stand side by side in a sort of DIY reunion only after the graphic comes up that Gargano attacks Ciampa with his obsession over the title and re-sparks their never-ending feud, setting up a final match during NXT's takeover of WrestleMania weekend and probably Gargano finally getting his title and retribution for his obsession. So with that said, my picks are Matt Riddle, Undisputed Era, Bianca Belair, Ricochet, and Tommaso Ciampa. This is your preview and predictions for NXT TakeOver Phoenix, happening tonight at 7 o'clock on the WD Network. Hi, I'm the Fireball Kid, Jordan James, and this is the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. Tomorrow night is the Royal Rumble. It starts at 5 p.m. for the pre-show, 7 o'clock for the main show. There's two matches on the pre-show. And those are Shinsuke Nakamura trying to get the title back, the U.S. title back from Rusev. 
the title seems dead in the water at the moment on either of these guys. People were happy that Rusev got the title, but beyond that, I don't know. These two kind of are floundering and not doing anything special with the US title. I see Rusev retaining, and hopefully somebody else will be able to step up and make it important. I don't know what they're going to do with uh, Nakamura afterwards because they've really done nothing with him since he turned heel. The other title match is the Cruiserweight title match. It's a fatal four-way with Buddy Murphy defending against Akira Tozawa, Hideo Itami, and Kalisto. Kalisto and Tozawa have already been champion. This might be the chance for Itami to step up and prove his worth and why they brought Kenta over to WWE. And so I see Itami taking the title. Hopefully that's later on in the pre-show when there's more people in the audience and they can wow the crowd. The main card has five title matches, including the Raw Women's title. I see Ronda Rousey retaining the title, regardless of how much Sasha Banks wants to change that. Because Ronda is supposed to be going to the main event of WrestleMania and headlining it for the first time as a woman doing that. Sasha Banks will also be going for the tag team titles with Bailey next month at the Elimination Chamber. As for the SmackDown Women's title, Asuka will probably retain against Becky Lynch. Possibly some sort of shenanigans will happen backstage before that, causing Ronda to get involved and once again distracting Becky from being able to be champion. The WD World title will be retained by Dan O'Brien because I don't see AJ Styles really needing to uh, get that title. He already held it for a while. He wants some time off to be with family. And what better way to possibly get Dan O'Brien versus Rey Mysterio at WrestleMania? There's no chance, unfortunately, that Finn Balor is going to win the Universal title because Brock Lesnar is supposed to go to WrestleMania and probably face off against the winner of the Royal Rumble for the men's side, but hopefully Brock comes to work like he did for the last two Survivor Series against Dana Bryan and AJ Styles and actually puts on a good match instead of suplex, suplex, squish, squish, win. Ideally, those matches will happen before any of the Rumble matches happen and the champions will be patiently waiting to see who they're going to go against. Um, I would put the SmackDown Tag Team titles in between the two rumbles and I see Miz even though he's probably luring Shane McMahon into false sense of security he's going to be his tag team partner they're going to win the titles against the bar and it'll be later on that Miz turns on Shane and it sets up their Wrestlemania match so new champions will be crowned in the tag team division but everybody else should probably retain their belts going into Wrestlemania the competition to secure a championship match on the grandest stage of them all, WrestleMania. The brilliance, the elegance of the greatest event in live entertainment, WrestleMania! The road to WrestleMania begins here at the Royal Rumble. The rules are simple. 30 competitors enter. 
each tasked with tossing the others over the top rope. If your two feet hit the floor, you are eliminated. A fact that Kofi Kingston has done his best to circumvent over the years. That's the craziest thing I've ever seen! He saved himself! Since its inception, this spectacle has had a total of 1,010 competitors, with 97% of those entrants finding their two feet on the floor before the night was through. Of those 976 eliminations, 43 have come at the hands of Kane. A cumulative rumble record. The distinction of most eliminations in a single rumble event, however, belongs to the monster among men, Braun Strowman. As 13 men got those hands at last year's greatest Royal Rumble. Amazingly, only 26 individuals in WWE history have the honor of calling themselves a Royal Rumble victor. Six have managed to pull off this monumental feat twice. And Stone Cold Steve Austin did it an astonishing three times. Oh, hell yeah! So what's the key to winning the Royal Rumble and writing your ticket to WrestleMania? Some would say it's all about endurance. How long can you last? Certainly, you'd hope to at least get in the ring. than Santino Morella, who lasted a single solitary second. I wasn't ready! I wasn't ready! Oh, I but are you ready to rumble for over an hour? In 2006, Rey Mysterio held on for an incredible 62 minutes and 12 seconds to win the rumble. He did it! Rey Mysterio did it! The longest time in history for a winner. However, last year, Daniel Bryan shattered that time lasting over 76 minutes, only to come in third at the greatest Royal Rumble. And over on the women's side, Sasha Banks was the original Iron Woman, spending more than 54 minutes in the inaugural Women's Royal Rumble, only to end up in fourth. Others believe to win the Rumble, you need a little luck, as in how late a number did you draw? Carmella and R-Truth are certainly hoping so. As winners of the Mixed Match Challenge, they will be entering at number 30. And while it's true that 23 winners have emerged by entering in the last 10 spots of the Rumble, only three winners have done so from the very last entry. So is it endurance or luck? The truth is, you need them both. This year, the 32nd annual Royal Rumble event heads to the Valley of the Sun, where for the first time ever, the Royal Rumble will emanate from Chase Field in Phoenix, Arizona, and 40,000 members of the WWE Universe will witness history as two rising stars will overcome the odds and become immortalized. We got, we got, we got the Superstars, two rumble matches, the opportunity of a lifetime. The road to WrestleMania begins at the Royal Rumble.
This now brings us to the Royal Rumble matches. Since last year, with one male, one female, it's now tradition that there will always be two Royal Rumbles during this event. I'll start off with the male Royal Rumble match. So far, they really didn't build a lot of suspense on who's going to win this. So technically, it could be anybody's game. There's only about 20, 22-ish uh, superstars already announced, which leaves a lot of empty spaces for NXT call-ups, such as EC3 at number 3, a returning Ty Dillinger at number 10, plus other NXT stars such as the Velveteen Dream, Adam Cole, or Aleister Black, plus a lot of new faces or returning legends. It's always the great part about not knowing all 30 participants, because then there's those, those surprises. They might not last a long while, but they might uh, do a little bit of nostalgia act, and so that's always great. It's a place where somebody like The Big Show can return for one match and have everybody gang up on him. And we'll always have our Kofi Kingston moments. See how creative he gets this year with how to not get eliminated and then eliminated a couple of seconds later. As far as the build-up goes, there's uh, maybe six guys, barring any surprise returns like a Batista sneaking in and winning the whole thing. God forbid that happens again. I experienced that five years ago when I personally was in Pittsburgh and the fans hated it. With that said, the six that I see potentially taking it on the SmackDown side could be Rey Mysterio, who would be great against Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. There's also Samoa Joe, who's been running roughshod over things on Tuesday nights, and Randy Orton, who made his... Return a couple nights ago after being absent for a little while. So that's the SmackDown contenders. Over on the Raw side, there's of course a Braun Strowman, who is now not in the championship match, wanting to get that shot again at WrestleMania. And of course, there's big pushes for Drew McIntyre, and who I'm picking to win, Seth Rollins. Since Roman has had to step away due to his illness, Seth has been the de facto number one face of Raw since then, and he's now no longer in the Intercontinental title run. He's out of that feud with Ambrose, which really didn't work out so well. And so what's next for him? Why not a win of the Royal Rumble to send him to WrestleMania and face Brock Lesnar? one-on-one, -on -one, instead of sneaking in with the Money in the Bank briefcase like he did a couple of years ago and capturing his universal title. Then we move over to the women's side of things, and I really can't see anybody other than a Charlotte or a Becky Lynch winning the women's uh, Royal Rumble because that'll give them plenty of time to build up between Royal Rumble and WrestleMania to go against... Ronda Rousey at the greatest show of all. Of the 28 other potential entrants to the Rumble, nobody really stands out on Raw or SmackDown to be the winner of the event. 
Of course, the final four might end up being like a Charlotte, Becky, Alexa Bliss, and a Nia Jax, or even all four horsemen because maybe uh, Sasha Banks, after losing, gets into the Rumble match to try and earn another shot. Be interesting to see all four WD NXT horsemen, or horsewomen for that matter, in the uh, center of the ring trying to battle to be the winner of the Royal Rumble. Just my own fantasy booking of that match. I'd be interested to see somebody like Charlotte getting an early number like her father going all the way to the end only to have a 1994 Bret Hart Lex Luger finish and both Becky and Charlotte go over the top rope. They can't figure out who won the match and they're in the center ring arguing who's going to be the winner. Referees can't decide. They get interrupted by Ronda Rousey who comes down, stands between Charlotte and Becky and points up at the WrestleMania sign and all three of them look over at the sign, and then at each other as they fade to black. Holy drama leading into WrestleMania 35, and these three ladies being the main event. Canada's original and best horror weekend, Shockstock, the all-nighter freighter, comes to London Ramada in... April 26th to the 28th. Or announced for the event is Sleazy P. Martini of Guar, and he's coming to Shockstock 2019. So you want to meet the manager with the mostest? You're going to get your wish. The Art of Clown, David Howard Thorne, makes his way to Shockstock. Don't you dare miss it. April 26th to the 28th, 2019, London, Ontario, the Ramada Inn. It's Shockstock. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Brent Money Banks, and you are listening to Scumbags of Wrestling. Scumbags is money. I'd like to thank you for joining me for this episode of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. I hope it wasn't too hard on your ears. I've had a uh, little bit of a voice and cold issue, so I'm doing the best I can to get this episode out on time for the events that are happening this weekend. Remember... Find your way of supporting the Buffalo Brothers any way possible, whether you're buying from Cody Diener in his pictures, supporting on the GoFundMes, buying any one of the three t-shirts that are available for charity, or even our raffle. And once again, you can buy your tickets through me, either in person or send me an e-transfer. Tickets are 3 for $5 or 10 for 10 and all money that's raised by this is going to support the Buffalo Brothers. And you could have your own Scumbags Wrestling podcast t-shirt signed by the ladies of the Canusa Classic. Thank you everybody for joining me and making this continued success as we look into the new year. My Facebook actually told me the other day that this sort of marks the one year anniversary of myself getting into podcasting. I originally started off as a team with Chris Maloney over at the Sharpshooter, and we ended up branching off to having the Scumbags podcast and the Sharpshooter podcast. 
It's been quite the incredible journey over the last year. Just doing this, getting to know some of the uh, stars of Smash Wrestling, talking to different talents and behind-the-scene production people, and attending all the events that I have, whether it's not just here in London, but going to Kitchener, Sarnia, Windsor, Toronto, and all points in between uh, for 2019. Uh, I hope to continue that. I'd love for your input. I'd love for people that want to join me and be a part of the conversation. Make this your show as well as my show. Because, you know, we obviously all love wrestling. And you can contact me through email at scumbagswrestlinggmail.com. Over on Facebook, uh, either our Scumbags podcast page or our Scumbags Wrestling group. And I'm also on Twitter and Instagram. So either way, reach out to me, become part of the show, and share this, whether you're listening to us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or any other way, because this is on like 10 different formats, but I'm giving you the top ones that I think are most important to be listening to. So I'm heading to Toronto later on, and going to take in any given Sunday 7 and come back home in time for the Royal Rumble. So I hope you guys have a great weekend, and we'll talk next week. Granted, I understand it's essentially the same unappreciative crowd full of scumbags from last night. <laughs> <laughs>